Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Afternoon. Now, there has been a lot of reaction, by the way, to the Late Late Show. Most of it, by the way, very positive, and I completely agree. As I said already, it was a wonderful show, amazing show, although there was a little bit of a... A uh, reaction to one of the guests, one of the young uh, child, in, in all her innocence, she was a wonderful young child and she explained how she was going to give her dog uh, the coronavirus uh, vaccine and she said if he didn't take it, she'd knock him out uh, and force it on him and put, then lock him away for 14 days or whatever. And look, it was funny, it was a bit of fun, but a lot of people said or suggested that that shouldn't have been part of it, it should have been no COVID and this whole idea of giving, that children maybe shouldn't have all this knowledge. And I wanted to read out a poem to you, right? And this poem, by the way, is being was you know distributed to children, right? Um, and also around the the the, the schoolrooms, I suppose. Um, and I'm familiar with one particular child who was asked to write up something, a poem as well about COVID nineteen for Christmas. And I'm very uncomfortable with young children being involved in this. Whatever about the older children in secondary school, I'm talking about primary school because they don't have to wear masks or anything like that. So it's not appropriate, I don't believe, to be talking to them about COVID-19. Now, when I was young, you didn't talk about adult things to children, things that didn't concern them too much and things that wouldn't affect them directly. But anyway, here's the poem. It was a month before Christmas and all through the town people wore masks that covered their frown. The frown had begun way back in spring when the global pandemic changed everything. They called it Corona, but unlike the beer, it didn't bring good times, it didn't bring cheer. Contagious and deadly, the virus spread fast like wildfire that starts when it's fueled by gas. Airplanes were grounded, travel was banned, borders were closed across air, sea and land. As the world entered lockdown to flatten the curve, the economy halted and folks lost their nerve. From March to July, we rode past the first wave. People stayed home. They tried to behave. When summer emerged, the lockdown was lifted. But away from the caution. <clears throat> but away, oh, where is it? But away from the caution. When summer emerged, the lockdown was lifted. But away from the caution, many folks drifted. Now it's November and the cases have spiked. Wave two has arrived, much to our dislike. Frontline workers, doctors and nurses try to save people from riding in hearses. The virus is awful, this COVID-19. There isn't a cure. There is no vaccine. Well, there is now. It's true that this has had, uh, this year has had plenty of sadness. We'll never forget uh, 2020. Uh, and just around the corner of the holiday season. But why be merry? Is there even one reason to decorate the house and put up the tree when no one will see it, no one but me? But outside my window, the snow gently falls and I think to myself, let's deck the halls. So I gather the ribbon, the garland and bows as I play those old carols, my happiness grows. So here's a poem that's been given out to children. It talks about people dying in hearses and and frontline workers and COVID-19 and vaccines and uh, not calling it a beer. Corona is not a beer. It doesn't bring us cheer and basically Christmas being cancelled and all this kind of stuff. And I, I read it <clears throat> and although it's a very well written poem and it's it's really nice and everything else but from a wet you know, from an adult's perspective on the world that we live in today, I find it very uncomfortable, extremely uncomfortable, that children uh, under the age of ten or eleven years of age are being encouraged to read and get involved and write poems like this. I'm not saying this was written by a child. I don't know whether it was or not, but it was certainly given to children. Um, and asked to write something like that or to talk about, you know, how it's dangerous to their granny and their nanny and their dad and their mum and all this. I, I find it completely unnecessary, absolutely unnecessary. 
and I think the children know way too much. And I'm not going into the whole children should be seen and not heard days. Of course, children should be heard. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But in my day, as I mentioned on Friday, the only thing that concerned me was who was I going to play with that day? Was me mate Leo and Brian or, you know, whoever coming out? Were they, you know, were they coming out, you know, or Ray or Ray? Well, any of my mates, were they coming out? Uh, did I have my bike? Had I got a flat tire? Did my dad fix it? You know, all those things concerned me as a child. That kind of information didn't concern me as a child and neither would my parents impart that type of information or any type of information like that. I didn't know who the Taoiseach of the country was at the time when I was nine or ten years of age. I didn't know who the President of America was. Nor did I care because I shouldn't because I'm a child and it doesn't affect me. Um, uh, So I... I'm asking the question today. I mean, maybe many of you have children. There was an interesting one, by the way, went around social media during the week, but I didn't read it out to you because I wasn't sure if it was from an Irish school or not. But again, it was something similar to that. It was a poem given out to children, which was quite a horrible thing, a horrible poem about COVID-19 and people dropping dead and grannies dropping dead and all that kind of thing. And it was not for children. I don't believe it's for children. And maybe you think I'm wrong. And I'd like to hear from you. The number is 87 But do you believe that teachers... Primary school teachers should be talking to children about COVID-19. I don't believe they should. I don't believe it's necessary within the realms of obvious, the obvious stuff like asking the children, obviously, to stay in their bubbles or whatever it is in school. And just and the reason you have to stay there is because that's just the new rules in school. And it's up to mommy and daddy if they want to tell you more than that. I believe it's wrong. I don't believe children need concern themselves with it. And the number is 87 Dave, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dave? What's the crack? Dave, I know you think kids are more resilient than we give them credit for, but Mm -hmm. in saying that, I just don't think it's information that's necessary. Yeah, well, I don't think they need to be sitting down getting the weekly, like, death tolls and case numbers with their parents, but, like, unfortunately, this is the world we're living in at the moment, and you probably lead to more confusion among children if you just say, Joe, like you just said there, oh, stay in your bubble. Why? That's the new rules. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, those kids are going out and they're seeing people wear masks in shops. They're seeing, you know being asked to wash their hands, they're being asked to sterilise their hands. You also are going to have kids who have had family members get COVID or they may have had to get tested or they may have, you know, maybe someone's mum is a nurse or their dad's a doctor or, you know, they're frontline workers and they're going to hear about it anyway. Even like as much as you try to shield children from information. But, but, there's, but there's too much information. Like, give you an example. 30% of the people that will die today, 80 people will die today, right? And 30% of those will die of cancer. Do we talk to nine-year-olds in school about cancer? No, we yeah, don't. Yeah, we do. No, we don't really, Dave. Well, no, not in school, but we do outside of school because unfortunately some people, some kids lose family members to Absolutely, cancer. Absolutely, yeah, but, but, but we don't. When, when we talk to children about Uncle Johnny or Auntie Mary who died of cancer or died of pancreatic cancer or lung cancer, we don't give them the gory details. We just say they weren't well. No, we you you don't you you don't give them all the gory like you don't go in depth about it of like course, you're reading from that's Grey's the point Anatomy. I'm making. And we don't talk to kids about listen when you go outside you should wear a mask because there's pollution in the air that could give you cancer or you should be careful what you eat with red meat if you eat too much of it you might get cancer or we don't talk to kids about stuff like that. That's unnecessary. Somebody rightly points out it's totally unnecessary scaremongering. Well, it's not unnecessary scaremongering because what if you have a child in the school and they lost a family member to COVID-19? But, that, but, 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 but no, that, no, it's no, unlikely. That's no, unlikely. But go on, yeah. No, 
yeah, we, we should look, it happens. It might be unlikely, but it happens, right? But how are those kids supposed to empathize with that child in their class? What about if you have a kid in a class who has cancer? But, but hold on. Like, I, I know. Yeah, but I know, no, 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 hold on, Dave. I just mentioned cancer to you as, a, as an analogy. If you have a kid, for example, in school, right, whose dad died of cancer, let's say, right, it doesn't mean the teacher's going to have a conversation about cancer. She's not. No, She'd just say no. that your little Johnny's dad was unwell. She's not no, going to go into the, the details of it. No, but that child is going to know about it. And that child is going to talk to the other kids about it. Like, I understand we want, as a parent, you want to shield your, shield your child from the evils of the world, which is fair enough, you know. But unfortunately, that's not the real world. That's not the world we live in. And I don't give a shit what anybody says. Children are more resilient than adults are. Children can handle this information better than we can. I think we're terrifying them because there's an article in today's paper and I'm just looking here at the Irish Daily Mail today. I don't believe everything I read in the Irish Daily Mail, but however, Tusla to be called if pupils stay at home over COVID. Hundreds kept off school over families' virus fears, which are, by the way, unfounded fears when it comes to children. Anyway, the state family agency officials have maybe called as hundreds of children stay at home because of fears of COVID. I mean, children, a lot of children, not all of them, are terrified. But that Unnecessarily. Fear, but that fear is coming from the adults. It's it's not coming from the children. It's coming from... It's coming the from adults. the adults. It's coming from society. It's coming from their no, school it, it's teachers. It's coming from, from everybody. We, no, it's coming from the adults because we have an oversaturization of just doom and gloom and, like, damn near end-of-the-world type of news. Like, I'm sorry, but my uncle has been to more funerals in the first half of his life, sorry, the second half of his life, than most adults I know. And it hasn't messed him up. Yes, there, there are long-lasting well, we, well, we had a conversation about that before, Dave, last year, and I remember talking to you about that. And I personally don't believe a funeral, unless it's mom, dad, or brother or sister, I don't think a funeral is a place for a five- or six-year-old. Yeah, but, well, but, it was grandparents and people who were okay, well, that, yeah, but, but we had no other choice, you know? Yeah, well, okay, and that's fair enough. If they're directly related to the child, I guess. Him, but unfortunately, he was involved in it. Unfortunately, he was there when Nanny was being brought out of the house at four o'clock in the morning and put into an ambulance. Unfortunately, I had to tell him that his baby brother was coming home in a box and out of car um, seat. And Dave. you know what? It didn't mess him up as bad as we thought it was going to be. We we have to stop clutching the purse. By the way, by the way, can I sorry just stop for a second, Dave? Because I, I know you just mentioned that yourself there, and I knew about that because I was told outside about that, and I, and I didn't mention it to you purposely purpose because I never thought you wanted to bring it up. Uh, and my condolences to you, by the way, on the loss of your no, yeah, child. no, that's fair okay. enough. But I, I, no, I, I just want to mention it. Okay, look, I just, I'm not trying to look for sympathy. I'm no, just, no, I know, I'm, no, I'm, no, you're, no, you're not, because you're a regular caller to the show and I knew about that, but I never wanted to mention it on the show unless you brought it up, okay? No, that's fine, that's okay. fine. I, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to use that to illustrate my point here. Yeah. Children are so much more resilient than adults are. I, like, I don't believe that you should be sitting down and, like, watching videos of, like, those mobile refrigerated morgues that they had in America when cases are really, really high. That's a bit too much, but... Children exist in this world. They they live in this world. I, I, I'm not saying they don't exist in this world and they see what's going on around them and they see adults wearing masks and shops and stuff like that, okay? And they un- and it's easy just to say to them, okay, look, there's a bit of a virus. People are just being careful. That's all they need to know. They don't need to know the ins and outs of it. With the respect to this little child that was on the Late Late Toy Show, the night, lovely little child, innocent little child, but I believe children just know too much. The child knew all about Pfizer and vaccines and knocking people out if they wouldn't take the vaccine. Yeah, but didn't she I, say I mean, that she wanted didn't she say she lovely. wanted to be? Yeah, but didn't she say she wanted to be a vet when she grew Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Look, and you know, it was lovely to hear. But I just thought there was a huge emphasis on it, and it shouldn't be for that one night. Now, I'm not going to get into the late late toy show because I don't want to knock it because I thought it was a wonderful show the other night. Okay, 
and, and it was wonderful throughout, okay? And the kids are innocent and all these, right? But the point I'm talking about is in schools. That poem I just read out, talking about people being taken away in hearses. I don't believe you should be reading that to a seven or eight-year-old in school. That, no, I will agree with you on that. That's a bit too on the nose for kids, particularly primary school kids, because some of them will get a fright. But if you if you approach these subjects in an age appropriate manner and you don't give too much uh, information, I personally think it's better off for the kids because if if you're just like oh wash your hands why oh just wash your hands I'm telling you to wash look, your hands. Why, no, but by the way, washing your hands was around long before COVID nineteen. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying. I mean the basic stuff. There's there's a huge amount of science out there to prove that we can reduce infection of all diseases and virus if we if we if we, if we wash our bloody hands. All but right. What I mean is, if we just give them the broad strokes of this of what's going on, I know, I think we're giving them too much, and I agree with you. But we were giving them way too much information. They know way too much at 10 and 5 and 6 years of age about COVID-19 and it being a killer. But stay there. Just stay there for a second. Let me just go to Joanne. Joanne, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Joanne? Sorry, Joanne. Go yeah. ahead. Um, yeah, I sat down Friday night to watch. Uh, I'm not giving out about the tie shows per se. No, I'm just saying that there's, a, there's another side to, to what's going on, what's happening to children. Um, not even for one night could we get away from it. I, I have a granddaughter and she has a disability. She's special needs. And um, she hasn't been back to school now in four weeks. Um, she suffers a severe OCD, the hand washing. She won't use the toilet in school. We're distracted. We just don't know what to do. And I said, for one night, we sit down, we try and get our mind off it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this little fella coming out dressed as a guard. He was cute and everything. But I, I knew straight away... With the two-meter thing being pushed all night, I said, I was just so bloody angry. You, you know? thought for one night they would just kind of drop oh, it. One night, yeah. And I put up a comment on the Late Show page and some fella accused me of being on crack cocaine that I was deranged. And I was like, you idiot, like, there's children out there, like my granddaughter, suffering from her mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we can't help her. And can I, I, I want to just reiterate, by the way, the little kids are innocent and all that, of course. I mean, the little kid dressed as a guard, he was a lovely little yeah. fella, you know what I mean? But but in saying that, obviously the producers of the Late Late Show themselves obviously know what they're doing in relation to it. And you're right, I thought for one night they could have avoided it. Uh, because one night, you know. Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm not having a go with the show. I thought it was a wonderful show, right? All, all told, it was a wonderful show. I thought it was very entertaining and I thought, you know, it brought a lot of messages home to people about everything, about life and about illness and all that kind of thing. And I thought it was wonderful and they raised a lot of money as well for great charities. Yeah. But in saying that, I do get what you're saying. But generally speaking, do you believe that children under the age of, say, 11, primary school children, should we be telling them all about COVID-19? I don't think we need to be doing it on a daily basis. That's my point, thing. Yeah. You know, it's been drummed into them morning, noon and night. She can't even, she can't even wear the mask. We can't get her to use the toilet in school. She hasn't been in school in four weeks. She won't use the toilet in school. She's receiving treatment for OCD our hands are destroyed we, we talked to a woman the other day in the air same thing this child that yeah. her child's hands were bleeding they were washing she's them so, so much bad now she's on steroids for her hands everything is hidden in the house the pump hand soap fairy liquid gone can't leave anything around because we can't get her if, if she asks you for a drink okay she'll make you wash her first it's just pushed her her disability was bad enough and before COVID-19 was before COVID-19 was her OCD focused on on cleanliness and sanitary no No. absolutely not she'd she would she would focus on 
like a TV character and obsess about that and okay. you know what I mean? And but now she's focused on COVID-19 and she's obsessed with it. No, everything is germs, germs, germs. See, I mean, Dave, I know you're saying, but there are a lot of kids in this country who have OCDC or OCDC, OCD, uh, learning difficulties and other, where, where they, they focus on one particular thing. And and, yeah. and and this can have a devastating effect on them, this kind of focusing co- on COVID-19 for those kids. And a lot of kids feel that way, by the way. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, my heart goes out to that lady. I, I can't even begin to imagine how awful on a daily basis that must be. You know, but I, and like, I, I can't comment on that because I, I haven't lived through that experience. I'm just talking from my own experiences here. And I just find we tried to do the whole shielding our young from stuff before. We found it had more of a detrimental effect than just being like in an age appropriate manner, just being honest with them. Like, I'm not saying sit the kids down and teach them the biology of COVID-19, but we we do need to give them some idea, you know, some sort of a framework to understand what's going on in the world. Because children pick up so much more than we tell them. They're little sponges. And you also have to realize there's a hell of a lot of kids out there nowadays with smart devices. So if they don't get the information from us, they're going to get it from other places and they could get the wrong information. Okay, well, stay there because Amy, you're on Classic Gets. How are you doing, Amy? Hi, how are you? How's it going? Good. Uh, Amy, do you think it's a good idea to be talking to young children, when, when I say young, you know, primary school children, about COVID-19, people dying, a virus, you know, that kills people. I mentioned, I mentioned that poem that they read out to young children about people going off in hearses. Is that, is that really appropriate? I, I, I do agree that I agree with Dave you can do it in a child friendly manner like with my son I do the same thing I keep him very informed and he's only five some people might agree some people might disagree with me it's just I my son is a very inquisitive kid as I'm sure most kids are nowadays he just doesn't take no for an answer or, or just because or mommy said so he doesn't take that for an answer and and why should he because if he's being inquisitive I should be informing of, of, of what he wants to know it's the only way he'll, he'll learn it's the only way he'll grow um, well, yeah, but you have to limit that information. Like, for example, you know, I mean, years ago, if you were five and you went to your mum and said, where do babies come from? I mean, you're told mommy's belly. I mean, that's no, a bit... I, do you understand again, what I'm saying? In a, in a child-appropriate manner, like my mom passed away in April and we weren't able to have a proper funeral and she was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago and he actually had a little freak attack one time and he said to me, my, my finger is cut. Is the blood just going to leave my body and I'm going to have none left? And we had to explain to him, no, that's not what happens to your And he just, why, why, why? And I explained to him that platelets help, help it stop the blood. And that wasn't, and then I explained it to him in a child friendly manner, like a drain plug and water, that's what a drain plug does, stops the water from leaving out. Mm-hmm. And we explained it to him in a child friendly manner. And then when my mum got diagnosed, he said, why can't I be around Nanny when I'm sick? And we just said that Nanny doesn't have as many white blood cells as you do. They're like little ninjas that help fight away sick. And we explained about all of this stuff in a child-friendly manner. And then he was able to understand when he... And no, 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 and I get, I, I get that. I get that when you're talking about relations or Uncle Johnny or Auntie Mary dying and they were unwell and they were sick. I don't think we need to go into details with children about them having pancreatic cancer or own cancer, whatever it is. And I don't think we normally would. And this is the point I made to Dave. So if your kid asks you, how did Auntie Mary die? And Auntie Mary has, say, lung cancer. You just say she wasn't feeling well or she yeah, went to the doctor because she wasn't just, well and she died. Some kids just don't take that. Uh, well, as, but, as well, but, but isn't that I up to us as adults? each family I think I, de- I, I think if all of this information is being given to them I, it's definitely down to the parents to, to make their decision of what type of information is it, Well is it appropriate to, to ask a child to write uh, a poem about COVID-19 for Christmas? Is that appropriate? No, no it, maybe if you just ask um, a child 
how they're experiencing Christmas now that um, you, you may, with everything that's going on at the moment, how do you feel Christmas is going to be slightly different, or or, or what would you implement into it? Does your five does your five year old know much about COVID nineteen? He just knows that how it affected us personally on a personal level. Um, does he know about vaccines having, and people dying? And he he does. He is, he is aware that this is happening in the world. Um, he doesn't know why because realistically, none of us really know why. Um, he just knows that he has to be cautious and mind himself and look after himself so that he's looking after his friends because he cares about his friends and he cares about his family. So it, I just think it's, it's definitely down to the parents what information that they're given and what way they want to give that information. Well, sometimes it's unavoidable. But jo- Joanna, do you, do you accept that, that Amy says it's up to the parents and, you know, she doesn't want her child not knowing what's going on. He's five, he's inquisitive, he asks questions. I, I, that was that's her opinion. But she's dealing with a child, and no offence, with uh, I don't want to say the word. My my granddad has a learning disability. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, like she possibly have Asperger's, but just not sure yet. Of course, yeah. Uh, it's much more difficult. There, you know? I understand. Yeah, and when they've Asperger's, they focus very much on one individual Jeez. task. Yes. I'm sorry, Nan. I just have to head back to work now. Okay, um, no problem, Amy. Thank you very much for coming on the air. Sorry, sorry. Go on, go on, John. What you're saying? Her her, her whole existence, especially since the second lockdown, is sticking in her bedroom, washing her hands, constantly washing her hands, flushing the toilet, blocking all the drains. You just have no idea. You have no idea how hard it is. Try and get her up in the morning to go to school. She will not go back to school. She won't use the toilet in school. She'll hold it all day long. Hold it all day long because she will not use the toilet anywhere. And then to sit down to try and relax and forget about it because it's supposed to be a toy show. I didn't think I'd seen any toys, one or two maybe. It was, well, it wasn't really a toy show for the first time, no. It been pushed all night long, every few minutes. It kept coming up and I was like, no, I, I just couldn't handle it anymore. It's even affecting my mental health. Imagine how it's affecting her. See, Dave, I do get that. And somebody, by the way, is giving out about you here, Dave. They're saying, what is that? I'm not going to call, tell you what they call. That fellow Dave talking about a child-friendly way. How could it be done in a child-friendly way when it's plastered all over the radio, all over the TV, and children's mental health is being smashed? Yeah, well, adult mental health is being smashed as that's, well. well. That's because, fine. We're adults. We have to deal with yeah, that. Yeah, no, but I'm saying the real travesty... Well, it's not fine, by the way. I'm just, yeah, but the real travesty of this conversation here isn't the fact that, like whether or not we should be telling kids about COVID is that that poor lady there probably can't get the help that she needs to receive for her child. Well, she's, I mean, not the, she's not the only one, by the way. No, but that's, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, instead of saying, like, you know, why are, you know, why are we talking to kids about COVID? Why aren't we saying, why aren't there enough services there for kids? No, but the, but the kid, the point she's making is the kid shouldn't be doing this in the first place. We, I mean, for two days now in a row, we've had a woman on saying that a child has been badly affected by COVID-19 to the point where they're, they, they, they have their hands literally, skin washed off their hands. That's yeah. twice. We, one on Friday as well. And she, she's looking for mental no, health remember, services. And it was absolutely awful. And like, yeah. the services... Like it, it's absolutely disgusting, and it turns my stomach. The, the but fact we, that but the boy, we, we wouldn't. Be, but Dave, you're missing the point. We wouldn't need the services if we weren't drumming this into too. children in the first place. And I, I take your point, and I fully take your point on board. But the problem is, as well, is that this information is out there anyway. Whether or not we want our kids to hear this stuff, they're going to hear it if it's on the TV, if it's on the news, if they have smart devices from their friends in school. You know, this I, info is out there. Yeah, but, like, I, but I saw a woman there, I mentioned there a while ago. She was in the, my local supermarket, right? 
she had a face mask and a mask on her, right? Both, a visor and a face mask on her. Now, maybe there was something wrong with the woman, I don't know. Maybe she did an underlying condition. It seemed a bit over the top. But not only that, she had two children with her. One was about nine, I think the other was about three or four. Was She was sitting in the trolley, right? And the other one was what was that. Both of the children had masks on them as well. And I'm going, yeah, that's I, completely I, yeah, over I, the top. Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like seeing kids with masks. Like, my, my little fella, no, my little fella would love to wear a mask because he sees it like he's dressing up he like He thinks a, it's cool, yeah, like a so, yeah, 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 whatever. But, yeah. you know, but he also knows that, like, he doesn't have to wear a mask because the chances of him catching it and spreading it are, are damn near zero and that, you know, children aren't adversely affected by this. I mean, you know, I, 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 George Lee was an RT the night after Michal Martin made his speech the night saying, uh, suggesting that we should be wearing masks outdoors. And George Lee turns around and says, well, the science shows uh, that it'll be of benefit, right? Or whatever way he worded, I'm paraphrasing, right? And, and I did put it up on Twitter. Uh, and I got a, uh, too much was reaction to it. But anyway, I said, where is the science? I've looked online. There, there isn't any science that suggests wearing it outdoors is going to make any difference or be of any real great benefit. So, I mean, this idea that we're just making stuff up because aesthetically it looks like we're doing something about it. I well, mean, that's yeah, what no, it is. No, I agree with you. I mean, at the moment, it feels like the inmates are running the asylum. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I agree. And when they, they, they said the one about the wear masks outside on busy streets things, I thought that's just ridiculous. Like, mm. whatever case you can make for, like, inside in a confined space... Fair enough, but like I don't think you're walking down Grafton Street like and wearing a mask think, is going to make any yeah, difference whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think walking past somebody with COVID, you know, you're going to catch it that quickly. Like you know, it is infectious, but it's not that infectious. That's All right, well, well, listen, I have to go into a break. Thank you very much indeed, Joanna. And thank you to Dave as well. Lots of people, by the way, WhatsApping in as well. That guy, Dave, he's seriously overreacting with this. The children don't need all this information thrown on top of them, as Niall is saying. Someone, if someone in their family dies of COVID, then it's, you treat it the same as they died of anything else. They have died. They have passed. They're young kids. They don't need all the gory details. It's it's too much information for the kids to be getting. It's not going to help them in any way at all. There's too much scaremongering and fearmongering at the moment. They need to be just left live their lives. They're five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. What is the point in doing anything like that? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. How are you, Niall? Niall, my young fella wouldn't go to school, 12-year-old, for a while. He was going in and not going in, and sometimes he'd take a full week off, and you wouldn't go in for the next week and half a week, and this and that. This kept going on, and, you know, it took us a while to get around him and ask him what the problem was. We went into the school. We try, tried to find out this and that. You know, nothing was going on. He had lots of friends. Everything was all right. And we eventually got around him, and um, the mother got around him, like, you know, with the wife, and... He had said that, like, you know, he was afraid to get the virus in the school and bring it back home and give it to myself and Lorraine. So there you go, Noel. Just thought I'd let you know that, pal. Thanks a lot. Yeah, see, that this is what they're doing to, to young children. They're absolutely terrified. Absolutely terrified. Somebody, by the way, put up on Twitter, how do you know if the poem was that bad? It might have been a noise poem. I don't think there's anything nice in a poem, by the way, that turns around and talks about uh, people going off in hearses. There's nothing nice about that, really, is there? Uh, Annette, I think it is. Annette, you're on classic. Hi, how are you? Hi, Annette. Annette, do children know too much about COVID? I don't know. I My policy always with the children when they were small was to answer any question they asked honestly. Within reason. Giving, giving the minimum of information. Well, that's exactly what my, my thinking, within reason, yeah. So you have to make things yes. child-appropriate. Yeah, because I, I going back years ago now when my dad got rest and died, uh, the children were very small. Our children, the youngest or the eldest was nearly five, but they were very close to him. And uh, my husband didn't want to, them to see him laid out. So I said, I'll ask the doctor and see what he thinks. And he said, live life as normal. 
right. honest with him. So, okay. Yeah, great fun when he was laid out inside. It kind of lightened the burden for all of us. They'd run in and sit on the bed. Am I in heaven now, Granny? You know? Yeah. He didn't see anything in it. Right. The only upset they had was that he didn't take the wheelchair with him. <laughs> and so, somebody mentioned earlier on too when I mentioned cancer, of course, and I have what we yeah. tell children about cancer. We just tell people that, you know, my granddad was unwell or whatever yeah. it was. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. the same goes, somebody mentioned that that wasn't a fair analogy. And okay, let me make yeah. it a fair analogy. If somebody yeah. got influenza and got pneumonia and died yeah. last year, you wouldn't tell a child how they died. You'd just say they were no. sick. No, you uh, were sick. And, yeah. you know, that they just couldn't fight the battle. Yeah, you know? they were unwell and they, they just they you had to go to hospital them, and they died. Give them too much information. And there was no fear of death with them because he was laid out at home, you know. Do you think it's appropriate to, to have children writing poems or reading poems about no, people going off on hearses and... Yeah, I think that's too deep in it. I think so. I think it's a bit dark for a child, isn't it? Too deep for a child, you know. Fair enough if the child brings it out up himself and says, I did this poem last night or whatever. Yeah. I would praise them highly for it. All right, okay. Okay, well, listen, I wish you well today and thanks very much. And condolences, by the way, on your loss as well. Sorry, I meant to say that to you there. But I I think you're right. If a child asks a question she believes, you should answer it honestly, but obviously in a child-appropriate fashion. And don't go into too much detail. Somebody says, by the way, there's a swan at Junction 5 of the M1 heading northbound. (laughs) What, the swan is heading northbound? Or you're just telling us it's the M1 heading northbound? (laughs) Okay, yeah, obviously I know exactly what you mean. Uh, Junction 5, M1 heading northbound. There's obviously a bit of a tailback because there's a swan in the middle of the road. The poor critter. Can I mention as well that so many people are asking why I didn't talk about it. I'm going to talk about tonight at nine. Mairead Philpot. Do you remember the mother, her and her husband uh, killed their six kids when they burnt their house down in the UK? They both were sent to jail, obviously, for their part in it. They set fire to the house with their children and it's six of them. They all died. Shocking story back in 2012. She was put in jail in 2013. Eight years in jail. That's 18 months per child. She's already out. And being given a new identity and money to set up her life again. Disgusting. She should have been given the death penalty. Well, there's the question. When I said it on Twitter, people were saying, oh, well, yeah, put her in jail, but I don't know about the death penalty. We will be talking about that later on tonight. Somebody like her probably should have got it. Anyway, let me go back to what kids shouldn't, should and shouldn't know. Oh, before I do that, by the way, the winner, can I mention as well, the winner of our prize uh, from Lions and Limerick, you get a €149 Euro service voucher worth uh, sorry, worth 149 for Lions and Limerick, uh, Tipperary or Galway. And don't forget, by the way, you can pop in there and see the new uh, Jag uh, 211 or the Land Rover PAGV. Uh, and you've won the voucher, Teresa Casey. Congratulations. All right, Teresa Casey, congratulations. You've won the voucher today. We'll give another one tomorrow. But thanks to Lions of Limerick. Uh, Bridie, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Bridie? Hello. How's things? Very well, thank you. Good. Do you, think, do you think children know too much when it comes to COVID-19? No. I think children know more than we do. Okay. I, I believe that we should keep the children in life, and particularly the generation of children that are growing up amidst the COVID. Well, they can learn about it when they get older if they want to, just like I learned about the Spanish why, flu or the bubonic plague. Yeah, but why, I'm not that I'm comparing, by the way, COVID-19 with either of those. Well, it's still a virus, and that's the same thing. And that's the thing. We, we should have moved on from times like the bubonic plague and, and educate our children whilst we educate ourselves because at the but end it, of But the is it too much information for a little child of oh, seven or eight year old to know about people going off on horses? What is too much information? What is too much information? That's too much information as far as I'm concerned. I, I think maybe, I know you're a decade younger than I am, but I think that we have a, maybe a rose-tinted view on maybe our great glorious upbringing, which was, and which was much more fun. And I do genuinely feel very sorry for the children of this generation 
having to grow up with the restrictions. And it's very, very hard. But, did we but, get, I, but, yeah, but you can talk about restrictions to tell them what they need to do and what they don't have to do. But you don't have to tell them that there's a virus out there that's killing grannies and granddads and okay. killing everybody and, and me, kind of scaremongering to the point where it's completely over-exaggerated. You don't have to do that. It's scaremongering a lot of people, but at the same time... Well, we're adults. We can, deal, we can decide. As adults, we can decide what we believe is fact and fiction or scaremongering. Yeah. Children can't take, make that decision. But we also need to help them to prepare themselves for their future because this isn't going to be something that will go away that quickly. And there will be other pandemics. And if we haven't educated the children and helped them to, to, to deal with the pandemic as it is now... How are they going to help their own children in the future? Okay, well, 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 hang on a second. Let me just bring Bernie in too because I'm a bit pushed for time as well. But stay there with me because Bernie, uh, Bridie believes um, we have a responsibility and a duty to tell children to prepare them for the future in case there's other pandemics. Which, there, there, by the way, there has been in my lifetime but we didn't learn about it like we did this one. But go on. I know. Happy Christmas to you too. Happy Christmas, Bernie. <laughs> um, I uh, was a child of the, in the 60s and I don't ever remember mm-hmm. someone telling me about TB or sanatoriums or any of those things that were out in those days. I lived my childhood and I, I learned about the Scarlet mentors. fever was another one, wasn't it? Yeah, measles. Yeah, and um, what was the other one where you got uh, the, where your leg? Polio. Polio. Like, you know, Rickets. Yeah, to, yeah, and all those, remember all those diseases? Like, you know, you may have seen somebody with them or you heard about them, but you weren't given verse for verse or chapter on how the disease is manufactured. Like, they're six and seven. To read a poem like that out is absolutely horrific. I mean, you wouldn't tolerate it yourself as an adult. No, I tell you now, if I had a seven-year-old child and a teacher read out a poem yeah. talking about people being carted off in hearses, I'd be down to the school and tell them, I'm taking my child out of the school if you keep that carry-on up. Well, look, if the children are going to naturally, through, through their family and through their history, going to learn about death and dying in a natural way through their family grief. You know, be it an aunt, a grandmother, a mother, a grand, you know, they're going to learn it all, you don't want them to learn it, but they have to. And we have to talk them to that stage of life when it happens when they're young. And we have to bring them together and try and be as honest and not... In an age-appropriate way, yes. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, you, you don't want your children shielded away from the fact that people die. Uh, no. But but you, you want it done age-appropriate. But Bridie, is not that not the way you do things, age-appropriate? Oh, yes, of course. But again, I think with most of your callers from before, and the gentleman particularly, um, he, he said most of the things I was thinking, really. A lot of these things are age-appropriate. That's also the... Is the, it age-appropriate to read out a poem where you're talking about people being taken away in hearses? Well, no, it's not. It's for a six-year-old. That's very... Is that age-appropriate, Bridie? Well, I, I really don't... I've, I've heard the poem when you read it out. Yeah. Is it age-appropriate? I probably would be... be sceptical about that one but at the same time I just want to say also that you know if we just keep trying to protect the children too much from absolutely everything then they'll know nothing and there's uh, earlier on Paula saying yes children have smartphones and everything else they do know more than we give them credit for and can I just say the lady that was uh, has the the difficulties with her child you know washing her hands and so on there's a difficulty too at this time with covid which seems to be the the be all and end all and the boogeyman of everything it's covid this covid that and i agree with that that it's it's a bit too much all the time but you know it can also mask other real things that are going on and it's a shame really because uh, people can't get appointments for their children. Yeah, there should be more. I mean, look, it has highlighted the fact there should be more services for those kind of individuals. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, I, I've run out of time. Bernie, thank you very much indeed. All right. And I'm sorry for cutting everybody short. Bridie, thanks.